When was the last time you were able to go to the toilet on your own? Setting boundaries with kids is super important because it teaches them not only boundaries for themselves, but also how to respectfully care and look after other people's needs and boundaries. If you're keen to start going to the loo in peace, stay tuned to the rest of this interview on how to set boundaries with kids. Feed, Play, Love with Siobhan Hunt. Becoming a mother, for me at least, was like a destruction of any boundary I previously held. Every part of me was tuned into and responsive to my new little human. Lost in that world, trying to find my way, I forgot that boundaries are important for my child and for me. Rachel Tomlinson is a psychologist at Toward Wellbeing. Hi, Rachel. How are you? Hi, Siobhan. Thank you for having me. I'm good. When children are young, um, like I mentioned there, you are kind of responding to them and answering their needs. and, And it can feel like boundaries don't exist there, both to what they can ask for and what we as parents are prepared to do. Do you think that that can go some way to explaining why some parents find it challenging to set boundaries? Absolutely. The role is all-encompassing and you are literally giving your all to your child if you're a mother. I mean, this does include fathers as well. But if you're a mother, you've given up your body for for nine whole months. And then if you choose or are able to breastfeed, you continue to give your body, you give your time and all of your energy. And you're spending your waking hours trying to make sure this little person stays alive. And as our children get older, yes, absolutely, it can be hard to start to bring some of those boundaries in when we have been so used to giving it all. And and so I guess, I mean, when people hear the title setting boundaries, I'm sure they're thinking about how they can stop their toddler from, I don't know, touching the toaster when it's on or something like that, or, or, or from, you know, having a tantrum or all those sorts of things. But um, for me, this is definitely equation of both parent and child. So I'm just wondering if we can start with parents, what kinds of boundaries can we have in place for ourselves and when should we put them in place? I think every person is unique in terms of what boundaries they need. I have worked with many parents who can easily become touched out or perhaps they have a previous trauma around um, touch or certain experiences that makes them quite sensitive to that. Maybe some parents are very sensitive to noise and need boundaries around noise or types of words that are used or language used. So it's really unique about finding out what do you value, what are your boundaries, what do you need as a parent to feel like you can cope. And I don't think there's a set age. I don't think I'm answering your question very well, Siobhan, (laughs) because I also don't think there's a set age because it will develop based on where your child is developmentally and what they can understand. But also as you transition between those different stages of childhood, your needs might differ as a parent as well. So, for example, when you are breastfeeding in those very early stages or if you're breastfeeding, 
you might understand that, you know, the boundary around touch has to be a, you know, a bit looser because of what is required of you. But as your child gets older, you might set firmer boundaries depending on what it is that you need from them and also can they understand it or do they need that from you? Mm, and I know I think you did answer because I guess what I take from that is that what we need with boundaries as the parent is to be able to reflect on where we're at. And that's definitely something that I did not do. <laughs> you know, so I, as I said to someone recently, you know, I didn't think about boundaries until I was making my eight-year-old's breakfast thinking, what? why am I still doing this? You can actually make your own breakfast. You know, I didn't take the time to reflect both on what I needed. So the boundary for me in that situation was I needed the boundary so I could just get myself ready in the morning. So if you don't reflect and you don't stop and think about, okay, they're ready for this. I'm ready for this. Let's put a boundary in place. Then they're never going to happen, are they? Absolutely. And it's also feeling safe and secure um, I think there's a lot of pressure on parents to do everything and be everything for their children, but not at the detriment of our own well-being. And so I think that's a really important thing to reflect on is, you know, do I feel safe? Do I feel comfortable? And how can I work around this and support my child to still have their needs met? Because that's really important. But lots of parents are willing to forego their own boundaries in order to meet the needs of their children. It's a tricky balance. Yeah, definitely. Well, let's move on to kids themselves. Do we have an age that is appropriate to start putting boundaries in place? Like, is do we know that they're developmentally able to respond to boundaries at any particular time? We know that even from very, very early ages in infancy, children will express a boundary, particularly around things that they do or do not want. So even small infants will sort of turn their heads away when they can move their heads um, away from things that they don't want or they're trying to avoid. And they can very clearly tell us their needs. And most parents get very well attuned to understanding what it is that their child needs and, and wants. So it starts very early and it's really important right from the get-go for parents to share what they're doing during potential boundary potential boundary violations. So for example, you know, changing nappies or giving them a wash and talking to them and explaining what you're doing. I know that there have been recently some um, discussions around sort of asking for permission, but in those early stages where the child can't necessarily give permission, sort of narrating to them and talking through what you're doing and why you're doing it. And these just start really early conversations. But certainly when children are able to express themselves by pulling faces um, or showing in their body movements and postures that they don't want or don't like something, that's when we should be starting to pay attention. And what about boundaries from our perspective to them? So if, for example, we could start with um, going to the bathroom in privacy, let's just, like, what parent gets to do that? I mean, it doesn't really bother me. But let's just say that is your dream in life, is to be able to sit on the toilet with nobody, no little child opening the door, coming in, talking to you or joining you in that situation. Do you know what I mean? So if we used that as an example, how might we be able to set a boundary with a child and when is that a reasonable expectation? When they can understand your message. 
So for some children, it could be as young as, you know, 12 months, 18 months. Um, some it might take a little bit longer, but we generally start by modeling the behavior that we want. So using language and saying, when you go to the toilet, it's time for you to be private. Um, so I'm just going to, I'll still be here so that you know that I'm around, but I'm just going to turn my back so that you can go to the toilet in peace and privacy or just stand outside of the door and showing them what it is that you expect in return. That's one of the easiest ways that children learn. And then if you do have a boundary that it's A, never okay for a child to join you in the toilet, then holding that as consistently as you can because children really struggle when we're not consistent and then they don't understand what the rules are. So if it's never okay, then it should never be okay for them to join you in the toilet. But you might, um, I guess you might create some kind of tool or strategy for them to help know that you're still there and you're not away so it could be you can stand outside of the bathroom and I'll leave it open as long as you stand outside next to the door or we don't talk while I'm on the toilet or something like that starting to negotiate and get them to understand that you haven't gone anywhere that they're still safe they're still okay um, but that at that point in time you actually just need a bit of space for yourself. Are boundaries and discipline entwined that is how do we respond when they cross a boundary that we've given them? So obviously coming into the toilet when you've asked them not to isn't necessarily a boundary you're going to feel too strongly about. And we can just do, as you mentioned, be consistent, follow through, do that kind of thing. But what about when it's a boundary that's about keeping them safe? So let's say um, never cross the road unless you're holding my hand. Mm. Our children have baskets of knowledge and only when those baskets of knowledge are full can they use that information to help themselves make sense of the world and make decisions. Things like holding hands and safety, even though our children might understand it, they are still quite impulsive. Um, that impulsivity unfortunately does last for a little while. Um, so even up to 10, it's generally recommended that children hold hands when crossing the road because they, the prefrontal cortex, which is developed in late adolescence right up to the early 20s, hasn't finished putting on its, its final touches yet. So there are some boundaries that your child actually might need your assistance with. But we also add to their baskets of knowledge by talking to them um, consistently about what is the boundary, why do we have a boundary, asking them to under, you know, to reflect back, you know, what do they understand about that boundary and why? So it's not just an arbitrary rule that you've created. We want them to actually make sense of why we're telling them they need to hold hands when they cross the road. So one parent might say, okay, they cross that boundary, they walked across the road without stopping and waiting for me. So the only, I've got to discipline them, I've got to show them that that boundary needs to stay in place. So I'm going to give them a timeout. They're going to have to, I'm going to say to them, you stand over there and you don't get to play for five minutes because you didn't follow my boundary. You didn't stay within the rules. You didn't hold my hand when we crossed the road. Would I be right in saying that your answer to that is Actually, it's more about explaining what the boundary is and repeating the action so it becomes something the child is 
aware of and understands why you're doing it? I I think a bit of both can be helpful as long as the discipline or the consequence is a natural one. So it needs to make sense in the context. Otherwise, children won't understand or won't make the connection between uh, an error in their behaviour and then the punishment. So, for example, crossing the road might have nothing to do with playing their favourite video game. And so they might not necessarily make that connection. So as long as the consequence is a natural one, so for example, when a child is snatching a toy, well, then they don't get to play with that toy for five minutes. It's a very clear um, boundary of we don't snatch and then the consequence is you don't get to keep the toy. Um, But when we have safety boundaries, a lot of it is having those conversations often to fill up, as I said, that knowledge bank that, that children need to draw from because we want them to have be bombarded with this information. Another reason I think parents might struggle with setting boundaries is because sometimes our children don't like the boundaries we set and they can get quite upset and it can be hard. Parents don't want to see their child upset or crying or whatever it might be. I'm wondering if you think that's a true observation. Have you seen that, that parents might be reluctant because they don't want to upset their kid? Oh, 100%. Every time I walk past one of those ride-on machines in the middle of the shopping centre and there's some (laughs) poor parent negotiating with their child, um, it's time to get off, it's time to leave, no, you can't have a go, it's it's rife. And no, parents don't want to upset their children. They want to see them happy, but sometimes parenting is not about being our child's friend or making them happy. Sometimes we need to help them to make correct or appropriate choices. And no, kids don't always like boundaries, but they do love them. They do need them. It makes them feel safe and secure because they know what to expect from the world, what to expect from you, what's expected from them. And so they are essential, but no, they don't always like them. (laughs) No, but we need them anyway. (laughs) 100%. Rachel, thank you so much for your time today. No problem. Thank you so much for having me. That's Rachel Tomlinson. She's a psychologist. And if you'd like to learn more about her work, we'll put links in the notes of this episode to her website. It's called Towards Wellbeing. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Feed, Play, Love. If you did, please rate, review or favourite. That way you'll get all the new episodes. Plus, we can reach and help even more parents. And if you have a topic you'd like me to cover, email me at feedplaylove at listener.com. Bye for now.